This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, St. John the Evangelist is, of course, a spiritual master, but he's a literary master as well. And we can see his skill on display throughout his gospel, but perhaps especially in the stories dealing with the resurrected Jesus. You can find them in the 20th and 21st chapters of his gospel. I might recommend during this Easter season, take the time, maybe with your family, to read through chapters 20 and 21 of John's gospel. Well, the passage for today is from chapter 20, and it contains, in short compass, the whole of Christianity, if we have the eyes to see it. You know how a great artist will do this sometimes? He'll take the whole theme of a play or of a picture, and he'll put it in one tiny corner. There's one scene in the play that somehow encapsulates the whole thing. Or there's one corner of the picture that sums up or encapsulates the whole thing. There's something of that quality, I think, in these stories of the risen Jesus. So let's take it line by line. On the evening of that first day of the week, first day, Easter Sunday is a new creation day. John here is hearkening back to Genesis, to the first day of creation when God said, let there be light, and there was light. On Easter day, the one who called himself the light of the world has returned from the dead. And this means that everything has changed. Everything has been recreated. We are living now in a new world, See, and Christians, if you get less than that, you're not getting the Easter message. We're living in a new, recreated world. Well, what precisely has changed? What's so different? We hear the disciples were locked in the upper room for fear of the Jews. It means they're afraid of the same people who had arrested, tried, and executed Jesus. They're afraid they might be back for them. I mean, it's a pretty legitimate fear. One could argue that the primordial human problem is fear. St. John says in one of his epistles that perfect love casts out all fear. Interesting, isn't it? He doesn't say perfect love casts out hatred. It casts out fear. If love is the solution, fear is the problem. And see, I would say that pride is a child of fear. Because we're afraid, we cave in around ourselves. Because we're afraid, we lash out at others. Because we're afraid, we defend our prerogatives. Can you see how the picture of the disciples locked in the upper room in fear is a wonderful image? 
of cramped, prideful, unhappy humanity. A humanity that is inhabiting the old world. Well, despite the locked doors, Jesus came and stood in their midst. And he said, peace be with you. Though they were trying to keep everybody out, Jesus found a way in. Though they had turned in on themselves in fear, Jesus worked his way in. The point, I think, friends, is this. What conquers our fear is Jesus' resurrection from the dead, which proves that God's love is more powerful than death. I mean, put that one up on your screensaver. There's Christianity in a nutshell. God's love is more powerful than death. Paul says, I'm certain that neither death nor life Neither angels nor principalities, neither height nor depth, nor any other creature could ever separate us from the love of God. The risen Jesus links us to that power which is greater than anything that is in the world, to that power which overcomes any fear we could possibly have, because the source of all fear is the fear of death. Think about how all your attendant fears come back to that primordial fear. And this is why he can say, shalom, peace. That beautiful word now, it just runs like a refrain through the Easter stories. That's why it's so prominent in the liturgy. Shalom, peace. A word that sums up in many ways what God wants for his people, what he's wanted from the beginning. It doesn't mean success in a worldly sense. It doesn't mean even joy in the sort of conventional emotional sense of the term. It means that deep and abiding satisfaction that comes from connection to God. Peace. See, and this is precisely why the disciples rejoiced and why joy is the proper attitude during the Easter season. Again, not simply conventional sort of psychological satisfaction, something much deeper than that. The joy that comes when the fear of death, which gives rise to all of our dysfunction, is finally overcome. But notice something, please. The Lord does not allow his followers simply to remain in celebration mode. For immediately upon offering them peace, he gives them a mission. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. I just came across this quote recently from uh, one of my great heroes, Fulton Sheen. He said, Christian discipleship exists in the space between the come and the go. (laughs) What he means is the first word of Jesus to his disciples is come, come, follow me, come and see, come and stay with me. His last word is go. (laughs) Once they've come, they've stayed with him, they've learned his mind and heart. They've taken in his Holy Spirit. Now, go, go. 
and spread that same joy and peace to the world. Give what you've received. Christian discipleship takes place between the come and the go. And so the minute Jesus offers them peace, he sends them to spread that same peace wherever they go. We're gathered by Christ, yes, but then we are immediately scattered by him to the far ends of the world in order to announce the same message and to bring the same joy. Then we have this, and again, every detail of this account matters. It says, He then breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. What a strange and wonderful gesture. Ruach in Hebrew. Pneuma in Greek. Spiritus in Latin. All have the primary sense of breath. See why those words are so important? Because breath is so important to us. It means life. You know that feeling, for whatever reason, you can't get your breath. How terribly disconcerting that is. How deeply frightening that is. So ruach, pneuma, spiritus means breath. In the derivative sense, they mean spirit. The Holy Spirit is the holy breath breathed back and forth by the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is the love that connects the Father and Son, the love in which the Son was sent and by which the Son was called back to life. Think of the Father and Son sighing their love for each other back and forth. And that holy breath is the Holy Spirit. The whole point of the church is to receive that life and then to give it. Now, friends, let me say that again because there's nothing more important. The whole point of the church, by church here I mean popes and cardinals and archbishops and liturgies and vestments and candles and spiritual and corporal works of mercy and schools and hospitals, seminaries, parishes, I mean everything. What's it finally all about? It's about receiving that divine life and then giving it. Breathing in and then breathing out. The Lord breathes on the disciples. Well, he breathes on all of us. In the old baptismal ritual, there was that uh, gesture of breathing onto the newly baptized. That's quite right. Receiving the Holy Spirit. Your whole task as a Christian is to take in that life and then to breathe it out for the sake of the world. Now, a next connection. The Lord then says, there is a link between the sending of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of sins. And I want to suggest that connection is perfectly natural. Sin is the suspension of love, which means a loss of the divine life. The Holy Spirit is the divine life. Therefore, when the Spirit is truly breathed out and received, it involves necessarily the forgiveness of sins. 
The great G.K. Chesterton, upon being asked why he became a Catholic, responded, so I could have my sins forgiven. One way to look at the life of the church is to see it as a vehicle for the forgiveness of sins, which is simply another way of saying a vehicle for the transmission of the Holy Spirit, the divine life. And finally, just a word about Doubting Thomas, one of the most popular and memorable figures in the Gospels. All the drama I've been describing took place in the upper room when Thomas was out. All of it took place when Jesus was standing in their midst. He was with his disciples. A week later, we're told, when Thomas was there, the Lord appeared and revealed himself to the doubter. Simple lesson. All the dynamics of Christ's new resurrected life, the offering of peace, the overcoming of fear, the gifting of the Holy Spirit, the forgiveness of sins, where is it on display? In the church, in that community of Jesus' disciples up and down the centuries who have privileged access to his life. It's in the church that all this takes place. So don't try this by yourself. Don't try to find it simply on your own. There is the lesson of Doubting Thomas. When you stay within the life of the church, you'll find new creation. You'll find resurrection. You'll find peace. You'll find the divine life. You'll find mission and the forgiveness of your sins. Friends, reread chapter 20 of John's Gospel, this wonderful place where the, f- the fullness of Christian life is on display. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.